You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. It's your boy, Steve. For episode 64 of Cyber Time Bite. Um... It's been a great ride for all these 64 episodes. I really love I really love coming to you guys and giving you great content. Um even even though we're getting close to 70 <laughs> it's that that's crazy in my eyes. And by the way, for people um I think this will be uploaded after or before, I don't know, I forget if this will be uploaded after or before my birthday. It just will be Upload after my birthday, I think, because my birthday's on September 1st, and I think this will be uploaded in September after that fact, so, um, I guess, I guess, happy birth, late birthday to me, whenever I hear this, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, by this point, when this goes to upload, I'll probably be 26, so, um, so, from past 25, me, Hi. Um, <laughs> well, it's, but, but needless today I'm with someone, I'm with someone who is really awesome because in the past, as you remember, I interviewed JP Zarka, the guy who, who interviewed the brother Lady Poffo on the genius cast. But today we're going to take, we're going we're gonna to take a extreme turn and, <laughs> And that wasn't supposed to be Q or anything. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> but, but no, I'm with um, I'm with Mike Freeland of of the guy who 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 tries who tries, and I say that very loosely, tries to contain Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck on front row material every single week. How you doing, man? <laughs> Oh my goodness! You know what? You're right. It's it's very loosely because no matter what I do or how much I try, it uh, it never seems to work. I'm still waiting for the week that it was actually a successful attempt. Well, you guys have one successful attempt. You, I heard, I listened to an episode where you guys actually had like actually successfully opened the show out on issues. <laughs> oh my god! You know it's so funny when you talk about opening the show because we're so. When it comes to the program, we're not exactly what you would call the the Conrad Thompson model, meaning we're not we're not organized, you know. And it's funny because when we have our pre production meetings and we're going over, okay, what do we want to talk about this week? It, it, you know what? Is as much as it seems haphazard and helter skelter and whatever, there is a method to the madness. But we start the show and we just start talking, and it was the very first time it happened. Uh, we cut it out, but Jerry said, "Are, are we going to do an open?" And then we just busted out laughing because we literally were like, oh, we were just bullshitting the whole time. So I guess we should do an open. So now it's kind of become the running gag where uh, where Jerry has to cue me before we uh, officially start the show. Most of the time, we're already halfway through the show before we do the show open. But you know what? It's all good. I mean, that's what people, that's what people come to see is you and Mikey and Jerry just freaking just uh, shoot the crap for hours. <laughs> Oh my goodness. There's so many things that, you know, we'll start off, we'll say, hey, we're going to talk about this today. All right, that's great. I'm all about it. Let's do it. And then all of a sudden, Mike, you'll say, 
well, hold on a second. I, I got to get a drink of water. And then he'll trip over something or the dog will jump on him and he'll start cursing up a storm or Jerry <laughs> in the middle will go, you know what? I got to go to the bathroom. And so it's, it's one of these deals where it's like, what the hell is this? But we decided just to kind of go with it and to embrace it because it's one of those things where so many shows want to be so polished, you know, hold it, cut here, cut here. We don't want to have that in there. We just leave it in there. Because at the end of the day, we think that's what the listeners want. They, they don't want this contrived, scripted type of performance where I say something and then Jerry says something and then Mikey says something. And it's like, ah, oh, it seems a little too, too convenient that they all said that at that time. So we just leave it all in. And you've heard before the dog barking, uh, the wives going uh, on in the background about something one of us didn't do. But uh, it's just it's part of the show. And uh, I think that's one aspect that's endeared people to us is that we're real and we're authentic. I like in the in the in the latest episode when um, when you guys are just sitting there and then and then Mikey's just doing this thing and freaking like supposedly his wife's phone went off and it was calling itself. Yeah. Oh my God. And Jerry does the whole thing to scare him. I love that. Yeah, oh, that was intense. Because because Mikey Mikey can be a little skittish when it comes to the scary stuff. And Jerry and I are big horror fans. So and it, ever, whenever we get a chance to kind of freak Mikey out a little bit, we'll go with it. But um, Angel and Pam are awesome. And uh, and I threw my wife in there as well, Megan. She she tends to kind of hide out in the background. Uh, she's a little more quiet, but. Uh, yeah, and when we can rib each other, we absolutely do. We're, we send each other pictures during the show, and uh, oh god, the the stuff that doesn't make the show because what a lot of people don't know is we'll record usually eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, and we'll go till almost midnight, and we will then our producer who's amazing, the Halifax Matt. You can follow him on Twitter, the Halifax Matt. He will slice everything up. And put the transitions in and the sound effects so it sounds like a really good one-hour conversation when in reality we went off the rails so many damn times. So, so many times. I I actually um I, I never did a I never did an interview where I started at like because I'm central time, so it's like um in I'm in central Illinois time. So I mean like I, I never start I never did a podcast where I started at like, let's just say like like eight, like you did, and went the midnight. Right. I never did that. I went two hours on this podcast one time, but I never went that long. <laughs> well, you, you get three windbags like us together, and I, I tell you what, four hours goes by like twenty minutes, and it's it's ridiculous because you know now we're we're kind of expanding into you know rock music, and we're talking about craft beers, which people have hit us up on and say, would you guys sample these? And uh, so there's a lot of different things that we like to infuse into the wrestling talk as well to kind of appeal to different genres of, of what people are interested in as well. But, oh, yeah, easy midnight. I, uh, I got to go to bed and get up at 5 a.m. Jerry's got to get up before I do. He's got to be up at like 3.30. So it's it's a tough go. Sometimes it's a it's a it's a late night and a very early morning the next day. But um, what uh, hopefully it's not too personal to ask, but like what do you guys do for like a living? I am a school teacher. Um, no, no joke here. I teach pre preschool, and um, I recently got accepted into graduate school. Nice. And uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to be studying, um, getting my license to teach physics and chemistry to middle school and high schoolers. 
Mikey is man. He's he's one intelligent dude. He uh, he's in charge of an IT department at a company, and he is a technical guru. Um, and he also runs a wrestling school. He's really involved with his kids. I mean, just a great family man. And Jerry as well. Jerry's working as well. You know, Jerry just made the announcement not that long ago. He is uh, signed on with AEW, so that'll be starting up TV tapings. As we've seen, Cody and the Bucks mention on social media that'll be happening in October. Yeah. So we, we all got a lot going on here, but the one thing I like about the two guys is they're very family oriented. Absolutely adore their kids and their spouses. And I think when you align yourself morally with somebody, everything else just kind of falls into place. Yeah, I mean like it's like that that's um that's really awesome because like it's it's just funny just to think. That you know, we got we got two world champions. That you got you're interviewing two world heavyweight champions in the in, in ECW, and after the and after ECW folds, one because of an IT tech and the other just becomes like you know a trainer for AEW or does their thing after the company folds, and it's just like it's just like amazing just to see wrestlers do average normal everyday jobs. Well, and it's and it's interesting you bring that up because you know you follow a lot of different wrestlers and you talk to them from what you do, you know, doing a wrestling podcast, and you find out that a lot of these guys have had regular jobs, you know, nine to five jobs or eight to five jobs, and they've done wrestling in between that, and especially when the the bubble burst, you know, when when ECW went down, and then obviously subsequently WCW went down, you know, there's only so many spots and. WWE couldn't take everybody. And you also got to think about this. The, the schedule WWE has, by that time, a lot of the wrestlers' bodies have been beat up. And they couldn't go on the road 300 days a year. And that made the decision a little bit easier to say, hey, guess what? I don't think I'm going to jump on board with the WWE. And then TNA comes around. And so they have a little bit different of a work schedule. So it's just kind of interesting, but a lot of guys, it would surprise you. It would open your eyes to know how many guys legitimately have really good uh, day jobs as well and what some of their skills are because you just look at a guy and you think, oh, he's just a muscle-bound wrestler, but a lot of these guys are smart dudes and they uh, they know what they're doing. So I think they would succeed very well even if wrestling wasn't even around. Yeah, because I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad none of them do the job that I do. <laughs> Because they, deserve, <laughs> they obviously deserve better. <laughs> what line of work are you in, if I can ask? I uh, I work at a grocery store. I okay. Bag, I bag people's groceries and bring in the carts. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. I actually had done that as well at one point and uh, worked in the deli. So uh, I can appreciate the hard work that people put in. It's it's because of you guys that you know everything is ready for when you need it. So so um. So like I, I got I gotta say this too. Um, so so you know I don't know if he still does this, but remember when uh, when Mikey was releasing merchandise, he used to call everyone who used to buy his merch. Yes, <laughs> yes I do. <laughs> I re I remember that conversation well. Yeah he he um so I bought his T-shirt right and okay what happened was is that I bought it and and he was like and he was like uh like hey hey send me like like like. You know, we did all the back, all the back, 
behind the scenes stuff for me for him to be able to do that. And so I did that and he he calls me, right? But on the day that he calls me, I was like super busy and I was like ready to go out the door to go somewhere. And I was like I was like, hey man, uh sorry, I'm super busy right now. Um might might be making another day to, to do this. So he's like, Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So we so he says that and we boom we hang up and we we do another day. And so so when he tries to call me again, he I'm on the job. And I can't pick up my phone. And so he leaves me a voicemail. And he says, like, hey, it's Mikey. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He leaves me. I still have the voicemail. If you want to hear it, I can play it over the microphone so you can hear it if you want. Oh, <laughs> you want to hear it? You know what? What the hell? Go for it. It's I, – I kept it just because. <laughs> oh, man. Where is it? Does he go into any of his characters or any of his voices or? Yeah, here. Where? Hopefully you can hear this. My voicemails are very colorful. <laughs> oh, is my volume up? Oh. Okay. <laughs> my. No, no, my crap. Crap. Oh, sorry, I'm trying. All right, let's see. This is Mikey Whipwreck calling. Trying to talk to you. Thank you about showing my appreciation for getting one of my shirts. I don't think you want to talk to me. Yesterday was dinner with mom and dad. I can appreciate that. Because my parents never buy dinner. And uh, that's how that goes. Anyway, uh, hoping to reach you. Uh, I'll try it one more time uh, early next week. I haven't got you yet. But uh, hope you do good, man. Like I said, I want to thank you for a lot of shirt. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> By the way, it's crazy. 6.50 my time. I don't know. Almost 7 o'clock. So. All right, man. Have yourself a lovely, lovely weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. Still, wow. He still owes me for that one. <laughs> wow. Mikey, Mikey Whipwreck, consummate professional when it comes to customer service in the wrestling podcast world. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to give him some grief on that one. Gotta give some guff on that one now. Hey, hey, Mikey, have a lovely weekend. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. You, no, you'll be, no, you'll be like. You'd be like, what, what are you talking about? And then, and then, and then I said that I'll just add that out and send it to you, and then you can play for him. <laughs> oh, he's gonna know about this. Absolutely, he will. And I'm gonna listen to the podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear what, what he's gonna have to say about that. <laughs> well, you know, he's gonna have some type of retort because he always does. And I, you know what? I try to keep these guys. I try to hold their feet close to the fire, and I try to get them to give me some honest answers here. And uh, I'm gonna let him know, or he's a dick. Gosh, I, I think that. we. I think before the show was edited, we we counted how many times we called each other, Dick, <laughs> and it was. I, I literally, I want to say the our producer said it was like thirty or forty times. I was like, oh my god, you, yeah. guys, you you sat there and counted them, Dick. So anyway, did he did he edit? Did he like edit all of them? Like uh, uh, well, we we kind of cut it down because sometimes we get a little slap happy, you know, around hour four, uh, things get a little. With the libations, libations, am I even saying that right? 
uh, flowing. Um, yeah, sometimes we get a little slap happy and silly and oh my gosh. I remember, so we, we did a bit, I don't even really was supposed to be a bit, but it was like, you know, we would all get around and we'd hop on here to do the show and I would, I would eat pickles. I would eat pickles. Yeah. And that, that's my thing. And Jerry, God, what was he eating? He was eating Doritos one time, but he was eating, um, a canister of like mixed nuts. And I swear to goodness, it sounded like there was 40 squirrels in his microphone. And I thought, Jerry Lynn, what the hell are you doing over there? And he just starts cracking up and he spills the the nuts. It's just, it's a shit show. I tell you what, it's, and then Mikey will always kick in with his, his undertaker, Jerry Lynn, you don't want to have a dead Willie. So we, we have a lot of fun with the blue chew stuff because they are an amazing sponsor. We love them. We love them. They treat us so well. And so does MLW court Bauer and MLW radio network has treated us so well. So we are very, very grateful, and uh, we have a running joke. Are, are we still on this week? Are we still on? They pulled the plug on us yet. But uh, thankfully, we cross our fingers, and we keep rabbit uh, uh, feet in our pocket that we're still on each and every week. The uh, the, the only way that they're going to pull you off the air is to pull off a Paul Heyman and go like, like where you go like, you go like, hey, like, you go like, hey, this is Mike Freeland, the, the, the guy, the, 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 the executive producer or whatever of the front row material and and we hate this network because we hate him for banning us and all that's like the paul Heyman thing just do oh, yeah that. never promoting us nothing we don't like you tnn oh yeah do you have the network I, by the way i the wwe yes i do yes i do yeah because yeah because um because you know all VCWs on there, all their pay-per-views, some of their super shows, and all their TV stuff is on there. Well, and, and just a tidbit for uh, for your listeners is that um, we're going to do some more watch-alongs. So our watch-alongs are, are interesting because if you're used to the the traditional watch-alongs from the uh, the bigger shows, you know they're very in depth and whatnot. We we <laughs> we do our very best, but um, we're like a fraternity house. We, uh, we're, we're a bunch of goofy weirdos and we try to do the best we can to give play by play and describe what's going on, but there will be more. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from that. So there's going to be more. Um, we did one, gosh, I want to say month or so ago and it was, um, it was a Jerry Lynn, Mikey Whiprick match. And I thought that was pretty cool to go back and see that. Now I'm pushing really hard for Cactus Jack's last match in ECW where he took on Mikey Whiprick which was really good. And that's actually one of my favorite matches um, of all time from ECW. So I want to, I want to get to do a watch along with that one too. So. How about, um, I mean, how, okay. That's, that's what I always wanted to know. I don't care if it was like a big podcast or your guys' podcast. How, how do you guys like in the podcast world, um, find a way to watch stuff together? Like what are you guys using like rabbit or something? No, so what we'll do is I'll have the network, and then what I'll do is I'll share my screen, and then it'll pop up. My screen sharing will translate to their screens, and then I'll go ahead and I'll time it. I'll line it up to what what part we're going to start at, and then you just tell the audience, you know, if you're on the network, go ahead to this time code and uh, get ready and play. And so basically what people can do is they can turn – off their audio on their TV 
put up their headphones on, listen to us, and, and watch it at the same time. So that's how we do it. If, if there's other ways other people do it, David Copperfield style, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, we're not David Blaine over here, trust me. If you've listened to the podcast, we barely get our damn microphones turned on. So I'm surprised we even get watch-alongs. <laughs> yeah, because, because like... Because I tried doing it with my with my friends once, like when I was like, like when I was like asking my friends, like, "Hey, man, you want to watch something together?" We like we tried to find like different websites to do it. Like, Watch Together is great for YouTube. There's a one called Rabbit, which, which uh, that that was pretty good, but my other friends don't like it. Um, but we also tried, you know, the way that you guys do it over Skype, sharing our screen. But there's always a bunch of lag. Right, and it really depends on how much bandwidth you have, and, and if if everybody's equipped the right way, it's it's pretty seamless. But you're right, there can be some lag at times, especially depending on the weather or if it's storming or whatever. So, but uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable thing. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I ever shared this with anybody, but I actually the way I kind of got into podcasting um, was I started to do research. I was on Conrad's team, um, Conrad Thompson's team, when they started something to wrestle with, and I did research for them. You did? So, yeah. So when a uh, when he would put a poll up and people would be voting on the poll, he would then reach out to me and say, hey, it sounds like this topic's going to win. And so I would start doing research, and I would go ahead and compile it and then send it on over to him. And I did that for a while. And then I thought to myself, you know, I had done podcasting before. I had done television before. I thought, you know, I really – I'd like to do this. And I can't speak highly enough of Conrad. He helped me out in every way that I needed help. So I ended up uh, doing another podcast before this one. It was called Sitting Ringside with David Penzer. And he and I did a show together. And David's an amazing guy. Great podcast. I highly recommend people checking it out. So went ahead and did that, and uh, I ended up leaving that show, and uh, I did a, a show in the UK for a magazine. Mm-hmm. So whenever the magazine would come out, uh, this would be the companion piece to the magazine. I'd have the writers on. I'd have different wrestlers on. Well, Jerry Lynn came across, and uh, he and I did an episode together. I was interviewing him because I was given his information from Bill Apter. So it's kind of this chain effect of this person, then this person introduces you to this person. And, and I asked Jerry, I said, Jerry, would you ever do a podcast? And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to. And I said, well, if you would, who would you do one with? He said, God, he goes, I love doing stuff with Mikey Whipwreck. He goes, we are like Beavis and Butthead together. And I said, oh, interesting. So I hit Mikey up and Mikey said, is Jerry really interested? I said, well, call him. So they called each other and said, yeah, they called me, and then we got the ball rolling, and like they say, the rest is history. And you, you're on, you're on front row material from, from episode one, right? Correct, yes. Yes, I am on from the first episode, which I believe, if memory serves me correct, was our, was our Paul Heyman episode. Because, um, because, like, you know, there's some podcasts where they start out without having that, that guy with them. Like, you know, like, how I think Stone Cold was the same way. Like, Stone Cold started out just doing it himself, and then he had his guys come in and help him, like, later down the road. Right. But you were there the whole time. Yeah, I was there, yeah, because I had done, wow, I had done the magazine show, and then I did another UK show, 
and so three counting David Penzer. So this was my fourth wrestling podcast. And so I had produced and done a lot of the wrestling websites um, you, where you would send what they would call like little press releases for upcoming episodes. So you'd send stuff out to Dave Meltzer. You'd send stuff out to Brian Alvarez. You would send stuff out to uh, Bill Apter. And you'd build these relationships up with Wrestling Inc. and WrestleZone. And they would then go ahead and plug your upcoming episode and then with a little snippet of whatever you sent them. And so I started to, to get some relationships built that way. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I was there from from the jump street, as they call it. Uh, we started talking about it probably in late August, early September of when we started. And we decided that we wanted to debut on Halloween. So that's what we did. And MLW was extremely excited. And they said, man, we can't wait to have an ECW version. And uh, Court Bauer, who I can't say enough good stuff about, went ahead and signed us. And, uh, and here we are. It's funny that you guys saved you on Halloween. Your first episode is about Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're all sitting around, and I said, what do you guys want to do for the first episode? And they said, well, Mike, what do you want to talk about? And we kind of went back and forth, and I said, well, if we're doing ECW, I really want to give people the background. You know, that's going to set the stage for the entire series of, of what this is going to be about. And I said, you got to talk about the czar himself which is Paul Heyman. And then that led into a Todd Gordon episode. And there's a lot of different things that it, it kind of went into. And I made relationships with the blue meanie, which I think he's in a tremendous dude, good, yeah. good guy I'm, I'm friends with now. So it's, it's funny how one thing lends itself to the next. So you just never know what your next step in life is going to be or who that next person you're going to meet is. And, and just really cherish those relationships because you never know where they can take you. Have you uh, have you met Dreamer yet? I have not, but um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You didn't hear this from me, okay. but uh, we may be uh, hearing from Dreamer on this uh, on this season coming up. So we're uh, we got our fingers crossed. He's very busy with House of Hardcore. And he does a lot of other shows he tours still, um, working with other promotions. But haven't had the chance to meet him yet. But we're still in our infancy in this show. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff lined up. I mean, stuff that I like. I can't believe that we already have in the works right now. So it'll be uh, it'll be really good. Were, uh, were you watching when uh, when the Dudleys were in Dota E and, they, and Rhino and Dreamer? And the Dudleys were all versus the Wyatts at TLC. I vaguely, vaguely remember that. Um, oh God, what year was that? Was that 16? I think that was 15. 2015. 2015, okay. The de- December 2015. Okay. Yeah, the ECW Originals, man, I tell you what, they, uh, they, they travel well. I mean, there are people that... Still chant ECW wherever wherever you go to wrestling events because it's it has such a a fervent following. You know, we we mentioned this past week how you know WCW's been out of business for twenty years and you, you never hear someone start a WCW chant. I do. But you do? I, I want I want WCW to come back. Look, like like <laughs> I, I want I want I want Nitro on next week if I could. <laughs> well. I, Hey, maybe it will happen. You with Vince McMahon and in owning the brand, you just never know. 
But uh, but, but yeah, ECW, it was I believe they were around for seven years, but people still chant ECW, and uh, it's it's pretty damn cool. So we're we're gonna have an episode about the ECW arena, which I have put together, which I think will be really cool because it'll be a lot of things that people might not know about the arena as far as ownership and. You know, it's bigger than what you see on TV and how all that comes into play. So it'll be good. It'll be really good. I, um, I, I actually, I actually, um, remember the arena. I haven't been to the arena, but the arena, um, where it looked like back in the old days, looked kind of small from where they were competing in. I mean, there's probably more into it. There's probably more depth into it when you're actually there. But on television, it looks like just a tiny little room with a ring in the middle of it and a crowd around it. Yeah, it wasn't very big. In, in fact, there was a lot of times where it, it, people were crammed in there like sardines. And, and you know, if you got 1,500 people or 2,000 people in there, because of the way that it was lit, because of the fact you're right, it, it wasn't a very big arena, it really had that intimate setting. And people really were invested in the ECW brand itself. But I think that was the, a good venue for that place because when you look back at what ECW was, it was that grungy type of hardcore, bloody, sweaty, uh, a little on the risque side. Yeah. And it just, it just worked. It just worked really, really well. And you got to think about this. Some people don't give it credit, but I'm a firm believer. That's where the attitude era actually started. I believe so too. I mean, I mean, like, I feel, I, I believe that Vince McMahon kind of ripped off ECW to get ratings, even though they weren't a big part, even though ECW wasn't a big part of the Monday Night War. They, I feel like Vince McMahon saw ECW and ripped their ideas to, to make the agitator or to make them big, then make them win the war. Well, you got to think about it from this perspective. It wasn't just Vince. It was WCW as well because Bischoff was doing a lot of the similar things when they went ahead and took Mike Awesome uh, and obviously subsequently turned him into that 70s guy, which didn't, which didn't by, work out. Really which, well. which, by the way, that that, that was uh, that thing where he where, where Mike Awesome, when he was that 70s guy, did the thing on the bus. That was uh, the- I, I totally fucked that up. Oh, my God. I've gotten so many people say, with this not whip rat. I know. You know, you see what I'm talking about, where the guy was giving him, uh, I guess it was like a power bomb or something like that. Did you remember that Twitter that went out? Yeah, I saw, I saw that tweet. I mean, I see, like, I watched that episode of Nitro before. It's uh, he, he, uh, like, got Mike uh, has him, puts him in, like, you know, the razor edge, and he puts him down, and that's actually Shaggy Two Dope, I think, of the ICP, and he's, and he's, and he's, and he freaking, you know. Put him down and tease the one who fell off the bus. It wasn't Mikey. But isn't that crazy though? How far of a drop that was, and he he dropped like a drop pie. That that's the epitome of drop pie right there. I mean, he just he landed and he fell down and and he sold it. Either that or he was legitimately hurt. But either way, it. Uh, I think where I first got it, I read the first part of the tweet, and then the video was playing in my Twitter feed, and I saw the 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 bright red hair. And someone put drop pie, and I just quickly was like, wow, man, Mike Awesome just put you to shame. And that's not me. So that's that's kind of how it went. What the hell are you talking about, Freeland? So I was like, well, I'm going to talk about it tonight. No, it was not me. And then I get Jerry into the conspiracy. Yeah, that is you. And I'm like, see, your best friend tells you it is. So it's just fun to get him riled up like that. 
it's um yeah i mean like um it's it that i would never take a bump like that though if i if that was me like if mike awesome had me up like that and he did that to me and i just slid off the bus they fell off i would i'd probably break my neck and i would probably be in the hospital for months and i would hate it (laughs) (laughs) but if the bump was done correctly if i like slid off the bus but i flipped myself they go uh face first at least onto the pavement not my my face hitting first on the pavement but like my body just hitting straight like straight down just right right in the concrete i would take that instead instead of just like my neck accidentally breaking yeah that looked pretty uh that looked pretty rough i mean it looks like he's you know he's recovered he's he's doing well still performing so Hopefully that uh, wasn't too extreme of an injury for him. You, you know, ICP was supposed to go to ECW at one point, but they never did it. You know, that's kind of interesting because I've heard a lot of rumor about what that would have been like. And from people in WCW have said, some people have said they were good workers, some people said they weren't. I, I guess it really just depends on what style you're into. Um I think the Philadelphia crowd would have really liked it. So I think it would have been a good experiment. Now, do I think it could have been a long-term thing? Probably not. I think that might have gotten – that might not get it over as, as well as, as people thought. But, yeah, for a run-in or something like that or a short-term program, I think it would have worked. What was your uh, favorite – I mean, like, I know that Philadelphia is the crowd for ECW. But, like, what was your favorite road crowd from ECW? Oh, wow. Um – well, you know, it's funny because the boys tell a story about the, the different crowds when you go to different parts of the country. And they were telling a story about, you know, a lot of the crowds would try to emulate the ECW arena crowd. But for me, hearing from Just Incredible and Lance Storm and a lot of the other guys, uh, the Hair Arena in Dayton was, was a, a huge place for ECW which is actually just up the road from where I'm at right now. And uh, they've had several tragedies. They had a terrible series of tornadoes and then obviously the the terrible shooting that occurred as well. Yeah. But Dayton was a, a, was a big ECW crowd, and they, they, they really came out in droves. Um, it, was, it was a pretty crazy one. The arena is not there anymore, right, because the tornadoes ruined it? Correct. The hair arena uh, is no longer used, and now with the tornado that went through there, it's uh, it's pretty ripped up. It's pretty ripped up. What is left of it? Uh, you can probably go online and, and search some of the images of it, but the front part of it's pretty destroyed. And actually, this past well, last Friday, when I drove up to go on my trip, you go through Dayton, and you can still see the devastation that happened in late may early june with those tornadoes it's it's just so sad and then to hear what happened up there a couple days ago with the shooting it just it rips your heart out and you in you know your heart and your thoughts and prayers go out to all those people because dayton's an amazing city i spent so much time up there with friends that have gone to the university of dayton and it's such a fun fun town so yeah so did you did you grow up going to ecw shows no, no. In fact, uh, my buddy Jay actually <laughs> went to the ECW uh, arena uh, first, and uh, he said, man, he goes, it was so hot. It was it, it, it kind of smelled. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know if, uh, if if people all believed in deodorant or not, but who knows? 
but it was definitely a ruckus crowd and they definitely knew their wrestling. But um, it was one of those things where if you weren't really diehard into it, it, it might be hard to enjoy the show because everybody was so passionate about it. And, you know, it was also a type of an, uh, an arena that you're not really sitting down very often. It, it's a lot like a concert where you, you're going to be standing up 99.9% of the time. Yeah. But the arena itself, I mean, it, it, it served its purpose. And on an upcoming episode, when we're going to talk about the arena, it's gone through a lot of changes. And now I believe it's called the 2300 Arena, and it's under new ownership. And Ring of Honor has actually come back, and they've done shows in there. Impact Wrestling has done shows. CZW had done shows in there. So there's a lot of different promotions that have used it. It's under new ownership now. So, uh, But it was, it was neat because it was one of those local places and, you know, I was talking to Meany and he was saying, you know, to grow up in that area and then obviously be able to to work that arena, which was so close to home. He goes, it's kind of like a dream come true because you hear a lot of wrestlers, they're, they're traveling all over the world, all over the, you know, all over the country. And when ECW kind of first started, it was very homegrown. And yeah. a lot of the guys that were in that area, um, it, it was just it, it just worked out perfectly logistically. And it was the only arena where you had to go in the back of the actual building just to take a pee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Until they built some bathrooms. Of the, some of the facilities were, uh, weren't the greatest, but um, I think it's kind of par for the course. I mean, whenever you think of ECW, you're, you're, you're definitely going to think of certain chants that went out. You're definitely going to think of certain smells and in uh, riotous-like atmosphere, especially with the Dudley Boys. Because I didn't – because – the thing is, is that I didn't start watching wrestling until 2009, and and I was born in '93, so I was born like right when ECW was like still, you know, Eastern Championship Wrestling, and and it, it before it went extreme, but um, but if I was able to watch wrestling when I was like in the '90s, like when I was younger, um, if I was allowed to, I I probably I mean my little child brain would probably be like. Like yay, WWF yay, and, and probably WCW if I knew about it, if I was smart enough to know about it. But but <laughs> but you know ECW was the harder one to find because like you know like because pe people because as you know like there was tape trading and it was only like in the no no that you had the that that you had to know about ECW like if your friend knew about it then you knew about it sort of thing. Well, it, it was a lot like when you think of the Brad Pitt movie Fight Club. Yeah. It was a lot like Fight Club. Those who knew about it loved it. It was a, it was a cult phenomenon. But you're right. A lot of people didn't know about it. And I remember I remember sitting in my parents' kitchen and uh, when televisions had VHF and UHF, I would be dialing it in using the antennas to try to somehow get – the affiliate that had ECW and it was so taboo to watch ECW too, because, you know, a lot of people were like, Oh, that's too extreme. And it's too hardcore. It's too violent, too sexual. I mean, it was almost like, it was almost looked upon like porn in, in a way. I mean, if, if you can follow the analogy that it was just so tawdry, you yeah. know, it was like, Oh my God, you, you know, this is the, the secret of wrestling that you're not supposed to know about. And it just grew and it grew and the personalities were, were larger than life and they were real. Because if you think about it in the backdrop of where wrestling was, 
94, 95, 96, WWE was not doing so hot. They had a lot of guys like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, and they had, you know, Doink the Clown, you know, a lot very gimmicky type of things yeah. where Kane was a dentist at one point in time, Isaac Yankum, and Jerry Lawler was doing foot matches with Bret Hart. So you had that, and then you had WCW, who was starting to come around, but they were the southern region wrestling, and, and you know, not everybody got into that. So ECW was kind of this in-your-face FU type of wrestling where they openly made fun of both promotions, and that was just who they were, and I think it worked for them. So, but yeah, I, I remember it was it was a very tawdry thing. It was a very you had to know what was going on, and if you couldn't get it in your area, you needed to find somebody who get you a VHS tape. Did um, <clears throat> I have my question? <laughs> Did um. Were, was was EC was was ECW um, like the first one? Was the first company you really really knew about, or was it obviously like the WWF or WCW at the time that you first knew about? For me, I started watching wrestling. Oh gosh, I want to say it was right around WrestleMania three is when I started watching. So that was the big buildup of Andre uh, Hogan. Yes. And that's when I got introduced to it. So, you know, obviously ECW wasn't wasn't around. Um, the NWA slash what became WCW would be watching that. A lot of flair stuff, a lot of horseman stuff. So that that was my first memories of, of wrestling. But, yeah, it was originally with the Hulk Hogan train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. WrestleMania three. I wanted to see it worse than anything else and – you know, now we can all relive it via the network, but um, but yeah, it was it was super cool, and then it just got better and better, and it got hotter. And it, wrestling is very cyclical, so you're going to have time periods where things go really hot, and then you're going to have down periods, whether guys just retire or injuries catch up to them or whatever. And you know, you got to get the new batch of guys, you know, up to speed, but. But yeah, that was a good time. That was definitely a good time when I first got into wrestling. And then when ECW came around, I uh, I was excited because it was something new. You know, when you watch something like WWE and WCW, they're both very distinct products. But they're fairly close enough because enough guys have gone back and forth. You know, a lot of people may or may not know that, you know, Kevin Nash was in WCW before he went to the WWF. And, and so was Scott Hall. So there's a lot of guys that went back and forth. Owen Hart was in WCW at one point in time. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Um, so, so before I lose the question, um, I want no, I want to ask you about Nitro. But before I lose this other question, um, do we have any update on Joey Styles? What the heck he's up to these days? <laughs> I have I have asked that question to Mikey and Jerry, and I want to say he has basically just kind of stepped away from wrestling. And because I do know a lot of people have tried to get a hold of him because he would be the perfect guy to do a podcast with. I mean, he was the voice of ECW. You know, he was the guy who really took one man broadcasting to the next level. And, you know, some of his classic catchphrases. But no, I have not seen nor heard of him ever since he departed from from WWE. And that's what most of the guys are saying that Joey just is has distanced himself from wrestling. He's moved on with life and. He's very successful. He's a very intelligent man. So I'm sure he's doing well 
whatever he's doing. But no, I unfortunately don't have any updates. If we do happen to get a Joey Styles update or what's going on with him, or maybe we can try to get him on front row material, I'll definitely pass it along to everybody. Yeah, because, because like, from what I heard is that, you know, he was really big on Twitter. Like, he used to tweet all the time. And then and then when WWE let him go, he went, on, he went on to go do the indies. And then and then he did that. He I think he did Evolve. And then he went to go do another indie show. And he said something about politics. And then that got him in trouble. And then after that happened, he got fired from that. And then he... He, uh... He sent out that one tweet that just, you know, says, Barry Legal 97, One Night Stand 05. We'll leave you, we'll leave you hanging for that for years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know. I don't know where, where he is or what he's up to, but, um, that's kind of where we stand. And then that was his, his last, uh, tweet, which was back in, God, I want to say 2016. Yeah. So. That's, that's, it's crazy. I mean, I would. I, I would love to get him on this on this podcast if if I could, but I'm pretty sure that's never gonna happen. Knowing what he's <laughs> going through. Well, at the end of the day, you never know. You never know. Keep working yeah. at it, man. I mean, if you really enjoy what you're doing, there are ways to always improve, always get better, always continue to network with people. Um, and that's the one thing I've learned about the podcasting industry is, you know, really make yourself available to other people and, and help promote other people's products and, you know, start to do trade-offs in different ways. And we've done crossover shows already where, you know, Mikey and Jerry will go on to another show and then they'll come over to and do our show. So it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun getting to know these stories and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that you, you didn't know about when you were watching it growing up. So now it's, it's a very much, let's pull the curtain back and people are big into nostalgia right now. I mean, you know, people love to hear about things when they were younger. So it's it's definitely a good time to enjoy podcasts. So um the so the art so the art question that I was gonna bring up. What what was your um what was your thought? I mean, I know you're a huge ECW guy, obviously, because on your Twitter it says ECW and then your profile picture is the ECW title. Um <laughs> what, what is your thoughts on Nitro though? Did you watch Nitro? I did. I and I, I went to about seven or eight nitros as well. Um, I liked it. I liked WCW. Um, the thing about WCW was I what they did was really interesting. I love the luchadors, and obviously there was a lot of guys who were in ECW who ended up moving to WCW, and that's where Mike Tenay, you know, was able to really display them in WCW. But they got their start in ECW. I was a big fan of all different styles of wrestling as well, not just the brawlers, but WCW really had mass appeal to a lot of people because think about it. You have the old guard, which was your Harley races and your Ric Flair's and your Arn Anderson. So you had that, but then you had your younger guys and you had Sting and then you had the Steiner brothers. So Nitro was groundbreaking for what it was attempting to do. And they were hot. I remember Nitro tickets were, were going fast you know whenever Ticketmaster would open or if you somehow went to a ticket broker you were paying a lot of money to get into a nitro and it was just it was a neat neat time to be watching wrestling i think they grew too big too fast yeah and i think that they spent money um 
unnecessarily, if that makes sense. They were, you know, Eric will never say it was a talent raid. He'll say, obviously, the talent had the choice to sign where they want. But, you know, he, he offered them a lot of guarantees where Vince wasn't offering them. So what made Nitro so exciting was when a guy's contract would end with WWE, he could very well show up the very next night on on Nitro. And that was the exciting part about it. You never knew who was going to show up when it was live, which was very exciting. A lot of times, a lot of people may or may not know, Raw was not. I believe it was like every other week. And sometimes it was even once every three weeks that Raw was even live. So... And it, and it got neat because it was very competitive, and it really made each company step up their game. And Nitro was really something that I think AEW looks at right now and says, man, I, there's a lot of things I think we can do that they did, but there's a lot of things that we can stay away from that they did as well. But Nitro has its place in history, along with Eric Bischoff and the NWO, the Horsemen, that whole storyline, Sting, I mean, going – over a year without talking. I thought that was amazing. So it's good times, good stuff, especially with Goldberg. I mean, that that in itself and the WCW power plant churning him out. So, um, I actually met Eric Bischoff once and Tony Schiavone. Really? Yeah. They, um, they were at, I'm a, just, just, I'm pretty sure everyone on my podcast here is aware of this, but I'll, I'll tell you, um, I'm a giant nerd. I cosplay. Do you know what cosplay is? I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. I, 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 they, we joked on the on the show. Uh, I learned a lot about furries and what furries are. And now that's not the same as cosplay. Is that correct? Yeah. You, you want me to tell you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I, I, let me explain this first before I get into my into my thing. Um, cosplay basically pretty much is is like, um, like. Okay, uh, like, when you go to a comic convention, like a nerdy comic convention, like C2E2, which is the one where I met Eric at, um, it, it's, C2E2, by the way, is a huge convention, uh, it's just owned by San Diego Comic Con, the biggest convention in New York Comic Con, which is the second biggest convention, but what cosplay is, is that, um, think of it this way, like, if I really, if I, like, I really like Mikey Whipwreck, right? So let's just say that he, that I was like, I really like this guy. I want to look like this guy. I can go to, like, the store and, like, buy, like, a shirt that he used to wear back in the ECW days. Get a wig if I wanted to to get his hairstyle right. And and just wear what he wear and just walk out, walk out in public to a convention like that. That's basically what cosplay is. So basically you're, you're, you're imitating someone yeah i mean like i mean like there's there's even crazier ones than that like there's people walking around as like kenny from south park and and uh in my personal favorite homestuck which is a which is a webcomic online um people from that and like and like um people just dressing up as characters that they see in TV or video games. Just they're, they're taking the hard work and the dedication day after day, month after month, to make them look like those characters. Wow. So is it a costume or is it maybe, would you say it's that? I mean, is it something like they would put a head on themselves or they would just maybe like more of a face paint type of thing? Or could it be a little bit of both? Um, it's kind of, I could, you want me to send you a picture just so you can get a rough idea? Yeah, Absolutely. Because, like, 
not saying it's hard to explain, but like you, you gotta see it to know what I'm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Send away. I, you know, I'm always into learning uh, new things here. All right. Let's see. Calculating this and here. Where's that? Where's that chat box? There it is. Yeah. So that's. Here we go. No, I'm, I'm sending it right now. So okay. If, if you click that link, you'll... Uh, well, hopefully... Yeah, there it is. The, just the picture is the only thing that matters, not the video. That sense. Wait, and tell me what you think. Give me a second here. It hasn't come through yet. But it's really, it's really, it's really a fascinating skill. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near the high levels of it, myself. Right. Is it, has it come through? Hasn't come through yet. I'm, let's see here. But, but please continue. I'll, when it comes through, I'll, I'll definitely. Uh... Yeah, but. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that. That that that's I mean, like, not saying I'm not passionate about it. I mean, because I love cosplay, I love it. It's just that it's just that it takes a lot of money to do it because mm -hmm. because you had because you gotta buy fabric, you gotta like depending on what you're trying to do, you gotta buy all this material and be like really good at a sewing machine. To, okay. And and you can just piece together these amazing costumes with all this fabric and all this material that you just can go to Joann's and buy and they'll and they'll and there's people that can go to Joann's and make magical great cosplays out of whatever you can buy at the simple fabric store. It's just like it's just like these these people are like crazy nuts on how how good this can how good the cosplay scene can actually be. Wow. I'm I'm just Googling as I'm waiting for this to come through here and I'm looking at different people and Wow. There is a lot of. Uh, you're right. It's very ornate. It's very intricate. I'm trying to find something that I would understand. Um, I wonder if there's a Mikey Whipwreck one. I wonder if there is. <laughs> what else do we got here? There's a lot of people who are doing stuff for Avatar. I see that. There's a lot of Deadpool. Uh, a lot of superheroes and Marvel characters. There, there's, there's a lot of people who do McFoley. I can, yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I know, I look, no, I look up Mikey Whiprock cosplay and I see a picture of him with Dreamer and Tajiri. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which I'm surprised he didn't do the podcast with Tajiri because they're tag team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We, uh, we should try to get Tajiri on. I think that might be a good recommendation. Just, just like uh, One Night Stand. Look at you. Just throwing out all these suggestions. and You're going to have to get credited as a producer at some point. You realize that? <laughs> was, it, was it actually me why you guys did One Night Stand 2005 on the podcast? Because I recommended it. <laughs> uh, I always take listeners into consideration. And what I do is I follow what they say. So it probably was, to be honest with you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's great because the one thing you realize when you do a show is that you, you want to make sure you're in tune with your audience. You want to do what they, what they want to hear. 
You know, it's very easy as a host to say, well, I'm going to do this topic or I'm going to do that topic. And, you know, as great as that sounds, you have to understand at the end of the day, people are going to tune into things that they want to hear. And that's why we always throw out the suggestion for, you know, listener questions or any feedback from the episode. Did you like what you heard? You know, would you like to hear something different? So it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. So and, and, and you've already proven that right now. You threw out an idea and boom, there it was. We ran with it. So you should let people know on your show if, if they want to hear something ECW related. Hit us up on either the Twitter show account or me personally. I always take DMs and uh, be more than happy to go ahead and explore whatever topic it may be. So um, so you, you get the cosplay thing now, right? Like you got Absolutely. So um, to continue on with the point I was making about how I met Eric. Um, so... So when I was there, obviously, cosplay was all over the place. It was amazing. Saw a million that I loved. Um, but then but then, uh, the, the moment came. After I sat in the DeLorean, took a picture in the DeLorean first, which is a whole different subject, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there it was. Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, standing at a table. Their line wasn't even that long. It was shorter than the CM Punk line, which was right next to him. Wow. Which I love. I met CM Punk too, by the way, and he was nice and nothing. And I, he's my favorite guy um, when he was still wrestling, anyway. So he was amazing. Um, but I was standing in the Tony and Eric line, and you know he was interacting with the fans. And when I met Tony, I shook his hand. I was like, it's like I was telling him how he's like one of my broadcasting heroes, and how he was really good on the mic, and how I really liked his work. Honestly, I, I was. I don't think. I think I was looking at him when I said it, but then I was also, but also when I'm in front of famous people, I get a little, I get a little, I shy out a little bit and I was, you know, just shaking his hand very shyly. <laughs> it uh, happens. But then I, but then, but then I, I talked to Eric and I was like, I was like, Eric, do you think WCW will ever come back? <laughs> and, and he, and he said, he said, he said probably not, and he was like because of all these reasons, and I forget what the reasons were, but he was telling me all this stuff about how it can possibly isn't going to come back at all, and I was like, oh okay, and so and so um he I I paid to take a photo with them, and I have a photo with them um on my Facebook. I can I can send I can send that to you, and you I'll, I can let you see that, um, but it. It, it was really nice to meet him. I mean, like, I didn't get to talk. I didn't really get to have like big conversation with any of them, but I got to take a photo with them and have that small thing with Eric, and that was. I thought that was really cool. Oh heck yeah, that's awesome. Especially when you're really into something, and people like that, you know, who you don't get to see very often. It's kind of a once in a lifetime thing, and you get to actually talk to them and interact with them and, and share some of those memories. I think that's very cool, and it's neat that because I think when you share your stories like that with your listeners. You know, people can say, man, I, I would love to have that kind of experience. Maybe I should go buy a ticket to the, the latest convention. So, very cool. Have you ever very. have you ever been to a convention before? Like, have you ever been, like, to you know, any Comic-Con in the country or something yet? I have, I have not, but um, my wife is into a show called Supernatural. Yeah. And uh, I believe I'm going to take her to a Supernatural convention coming up. So... I will get an opportunity to experience that. I don't know if it's necessarily a cosplay or if it's just a uh, convention for the show itself. But uh, I did see some things online where people do dress up as, as the different characters. So, 
I, I myself will not, but I will highly recommend my wife and, and whoever comes along with us <laughs> to definitely take part in it. So, yeah, because because I really because I think if I feel like if you were to uh, go to like, well, I'm not saying like San Diego just yet, but like if you go to like uh, to like something like um, I don't know how how far are you, like if you. Okay, first question I ask before I even bring this up is that how far would you be willing to travel to go to the convention to make your appearance if you had the chance? Oh, wow. To go – if I were to go as a fan of something, how far would I be willing to travel? Well, like as a fan or if you're asked that like, hey, you want to be in our – you want to be a guest at our convention for the podcast, you know? Oh, wow. Um, if I was to be booked, which I would be – I would be humbled. Uh <laughs> Uh, I would travel anywhere um, for for me personally. If I was going just as a spectator, just as a fan of something, I would probably say no more than a couple hours away, um, maybe two, three hours, something like that, or I can take a short charter flight somewhere in and out type of deal. But I would say no more than than three hours or so. Because because uh, I was gonna I was gonna say um, I don't go to this convention anymore, but I think it would really help you in the podcast. Is that um. There's a convention that goes around called Wizard World. Okay. And they always, and one year Tommy Dreamer um, came here for Wizard World and a few other wrestlers, like I think Enzo was also there. And okay. All these other different guys I forget right now. But um, but I feel like if you if you were to like put your name in the hat for Wizard, the show up at Wizard World, I'm pretty sure if you were to, I mean, even though you wouldn't have Jerry and Mikey there, I feel like your name alone can can sell away the podcast for getting appearances because you're also a big part of it too. I mean, like they're they're the names that they're listening for, but you're also really big at you're also a really big name in the podcast too because everyone knows who you are because of oh, it. I I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's that's a very very kind thing to say. Um, I you know what I would like I said before I'd be flattered. If, if somebody would, would be interested in something like that. I would love to experience that and interact with the, the fans of that. I think it would be wonderful. And, and you're probably right. You know, go out there and meet people who may be listeners of the show as well. So I agree. I agree 100%. That might be something I'm going to have to explore. Yeah, because um, cause would, would, you, would you travel to like – like if the chance was around, like if if they were doing a wrestling convention at the field, at the ECW arena, would you would you consider going? To oh, the- I absolutely I would, and and we've already talked about stuff that may happen up in Philadelphia with with some ECW people, and yeah, that would that's a definite right there. Yeah, because because I never I never been to the ECW arena, and that would be. That would be actually pretty. Uh, if I ever go to if I ever go to Philadelphia, my parents have been to Philadelphia, but I never been to Philadelphia. But if I go to Philadelphia, I am wearing an ECW shirt the whole time, <laughs> and, and I'm just going to be asking, where the heck is the corner of Swanson and Rinder? And Rinder. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Because you're hardcore. You're hardcore. I am hardcore. So I love it. It's, I love it. No, it's no, no, no. The great thing is, is that I made, I have a, I have a cosplay OC, which means original character, and, and it's in, it's for that Homestuck thing I was talking about, and his name is literally called Crash Stevens. Oh my gosh! So I am hardcore. <laughs> right. That that's too ironic. That's awesome. I did no, I did that because it sounded cool, and plus I didn't want people thinking I'm, I'm, I'm ripping off Crash Holly. Right. That's awesome. 
Very and, cool. And ECW is just one of my favorite promotions, like, ever. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I loved it for the wrestling and all the hardcore stuff. But I, but I mean, like, the, the other adulterary stuff can, I mean, like, it was part of it, but it wasn't really my thing. It was more the hardcore and, and all that stuff that was more of my thing <laughs> in, the, in the promotion. Right. Wow. But um, yeah, yeah. There's there there's been a lot of different uh, reunion shows and, and whatnot for ECW, and we definitely kicked around the idea of of maybe teaming up with some people and, and trying to put something together and do something for the fans who love ECW. Maybe some question and answer type of things, and it, it you know what anything is possible. It just uh, it just depends on the timing and uh, and who's interested. So. You know, whoever hears this, if you're if you're that interested, maybe people should start putting things out on social media and letting people know that that's something you'd like to see. Do you know what's funny? I always do you know the do you know the Odium where they held ECW shows when they came to Illinois? I'm not 100 percent familiar. No. Yeah there there's a there's an arena in Villa Park, Illinois. Um, I don't live I don't live near I don't think I live Villa near Villa Park. But um, but there's a there's a uh, arena in Vela Park called the Odium, and it's and uh, um, you may saw it when watching. I think they had November. They had the uh, I think it was the first no- Anarchy Rules and a November to Remember there. And and um, obviously I haven't been to the arena. I know it exists. And I know where it is, but never been there. But I almost lived by it. Like when I, when me and my family were, were making the move, like to a different, mm-hmm. to a different house, I almost lived in Villa Park near the arena. Oh, wow. And that would have been, that would have been really cool. I mean, like, you know, ECW doesn't exist anymore. And I don't think any major wrestling shows get held there anymore. That would have been cool to just live by it. Oh, heck yeah. Um, the, my, my favorite EC, I know this isn't front row material, but. Um, tell, <laughs> tell me, tell me what your thoughts and on the anarchy rules pay-per-views were like both of them, 99 and 2000. I loved them both. I really did. Um, I thought they were great shows. Anarchy rules was one of those types of pay-per-views that I felt like was a little bit more special and you know, nothing against heat wave and, and nothing against some of their other ones, but anarchy rules just had a, a different feel to it. Um, did you have a favorite match at, at, at Anarchy Rules? Favorite match? Which year? Uh, let me think here. Did you say 99? I think 99 was the one that was here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> man, that's a hard question that you're throwing on me there. Trend, trend. <laughs> I gotta look at the match listing, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Because I'm thinking here. Let me think. Don't tell me the card. Let me see if I can remember it. All right. Um, let's see. 99. By the way, have you played the video game called Anarchy Rules? I have not. Pretty good? Never played it yet. I have, the first, I have, I have Hardcore Revolution, but I don't have Anarchy Rules. Let's see. Let's see, who are the who are the matches on this card? Oh, here it is. Trying to go back in time—that's hard. Um, I, you, I mean, I have the whole thing right here. If you want me just to say it. 
Okay, let me let me see if I'm remembering this correctly. So Oh, I might be thinking about 99 or not 99. I may be thinking about 2000. 2000. So obviously that was when Just Incredible um defended the championship against Jerry Lynn. No, and then was, new, new Jack came out. Is that correct? That was in the two thousand. Yeah, that was two thousand. Because that doesn't that doesn't want to say that's not what it says on on my side of the screen here. Okay, gotcha. So tell me about the ninety nine pay per view. So, so we had so for Anarchy Rules ninety nine we had Danny Dorian Roadkill defeat okay. and with the first thing built Billy Billy Wiles and C W Anderson. Um, okay. And then we had Lance Storm versus your boy Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yes. Then we had we had uh, we had uh, Jazz defeating Simon Diamond. Um, <laughs> then we had Jazz is Jazz is amazing, by the way. Have you met her? I have not, but I I I'm a follower of hers, and just the stuff that she puts out on social media is 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 awesome. She's a true professional. We'll have a lot of respect for her. Um. Then we had Chris Chetty Nova versus Simon Diamond and Tony DeVito. Okay. Then we had Tajiri versus and Super defeating Super Crazy and Lil Guido of the FBI, obviously. Right. Um. Then we had uh we had uh, Just Incredible defeating Sabu. Um. And then probably this is probably one of my favorite matches on the card. Mike Awesome and Masao Tanaka. How can you not call that a bad match in any sort of a view of, her, of any way? They had a great feud. I mean, Masato Tanaka was one of those guys who I don't know how he was standing half the time. I mean, the chair shots that he would take were, were just, oh, my God. It was, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was intense. So. I, I, can do, I, can, I can actually do the Joey Styles. Like, go for it. Like, like, oh my, like, oh my god! <laughs> wow, look at you. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's not that hard <laughs> for me, at least. Though. Oh no, wait. By the way, no, it was Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka, and Taz, and that was the match where, where I think it was elimination because I remember Taz got pinned, but 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 Paul Heyman was like, let him go, let him go anyway, just one fight and. And I think, uh, God, who, who ended up winning that match? I think it was. So I got, I, what does it say here? Yeah, yeah, it was Mike Awesome. Yeah, Mike Awesome ended up winning the whole thing. I liked Mike Awesome. I was a big fan of of him. Um, he was one of those guys who was he was a big guy, but yet he could do a lot of high flying stuff, which I thought was really cool. Because a lot of times you, you wouldn't see big guys go to the top rope and do those kinds of, of aerial moves. But he was able to do it, and I give him a ton of credit because he made himself very marketable. And his feud with Masato Tanaka was something that, gosh, people still talk about today, how good it was. Yeah, he, yeah I loved him, Mike Awesome. He was, he was one of the best. Seriously, like, like I even, I even like, I mean, this is probably nostalgia freak coming out of me, but I also liked him when he was that 70s guy, too. <laughs> and and he he was just he was just really good. He he was one that he was one of the greatest probably in wrestling ever. Um okay, and then the last two matches was uh was the match before the main event was uh Tommy Dreamer and Raven, you know, 
the classic feud that went on from 95 to 97? It was a long one. And they defeated uh, Rhino and Steve Carino, um, obviously with Jack Victory, because, you know, that was when Steve Carino and Jack Victory were doing the whole stick of, like, we're cool and we're going to defeat everyone. <laughs> but Steve Carino's not that bad. Do you like Steve Carino? I do. I like Steve. Um, Steve's actually, I believe he's a trainer in WWE now. So I think he is, he was great on the mic too. I mean, he not only was a great talent, but he was really, really good on the mic. So a great character. I believe he actually did a feud, um, an angle with Dusty Rhodes when Dusty Rhodes came into ECW briefly. So I thought that was pretty cool. And he was the only one to get up on stage and actually face Fred Durst face to face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I which I wish that would happen today with today's wrestling, but that I know that would never happen. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I am gonna have to jump off of here in a couple minutes. But um, did you want me to send you the audio, or do you have this record on your end? I'm I'm recording this on on my end. Okay. Um, and and real quick, the last match is Rob Van Dam versus Balls Mahoney, which Rob Van Dam won. So nice. Great pay-per-view right there, my friend. Anarchy Rules loved it. So, um, I guess since you got to get going soon, mind if I share my social media, then you can share yours? Absolutely. So, thank you, everyone, for listening to this very awesome and epic episode of Cyber Time Bite, episode 64. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at NostalgiaVamp. Follow me on Facebook, at Cyber Time Bite. Get all of my merchandise at rebel.com under Crash Steven Gear, where even you know you do this podcast and you do really, really awesome things with, with all this podcasting stuff and everything. But you even know that the spork is the most powerful of them all. Absolutely. That's usually a ton of choice. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the best one ever created. I'm telling you, if the back end of that was a knife, you'd be done. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and how about you? Um, tell people where they can find Mr. Mike... Freeland. <laughs> so if you would like to go ahead and follow me, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mike Freeland. If you would like to follow us on the show, you can follow the show at Front Row Material. You can follow Mikey Whiprick at Mikey Whiprick underscore and our good buddy, Mr. Jerry Lynn, the man with the new hip at its Jerry Lynn. If you'd like to go ahead and get some merchandise as well, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com. You can go ahead and pick up yourself a shirt from the show or from the boys. Or if you'd like to go ahead and get our extended merchandise selection, which includes coffee mugs, aprons, all different kinds of stuff, things that I never even thought that we would begin to offer. It's going to be at shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash FRM pod. And remember, Podcast drops every single Wednesday. I usually say 6 a.m., but it looks like it's been dropping earlier at 5 a.m. Anywhere for fine podcasts are made available. My podcast, no, it's funny. My podcast drops every Wednesday too. <laughs> nice, look at that. We're uh, we're sharing a day here. So I guess it's now now it's time to compete who uploads first. <laughs> That's right. There you go. The war is on. <laughs> All right, I'm WCW and you're ECW. Let's do this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hey, I have enjoyed it, Stephen. You are the man. You do a great show. Keep it up. And for everybody who's listening to it, keep following this guy. He knows what he's doing. He's very entertaining, uh, conducts great interviews. I give you tons of props, my friend. Let's definitely stay in touch. Uh, de uh, definitely will. Thank, thank you. Thank you for uh, 
for uh, being on here today, and for and you can do it with me if you want. But figure. But I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Have a nice day.